Yo, 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 what's up, all you burner stoners and potheads? This is Weedman420 with the Weedman420 Chronicles. How are all you v -v -v vipers doing out there, Mrs. Weedman? Mr. Weedman? How the hell are you? All right. Just all right? Yeah, like in a good way. Well, we're about to get normal. Uh, hey, you're going to be, be better than better. all right. <laughs> hey, everybody out I'm there, ready. world. Hopefully, you're smoking some big fat doinks while you're listening to the show. We're about to get normal, and we're smoking a home grow. By our good friend Sam Wolf. Sam, thank you for this. And I'm super excited because you grew another friend of ours, Genetics, Terp Fiend. Yes. And he's been on the show multiple times. He is awesome breeder, extraordinaire, grower, been in the industry for a long, long time. And Terp Fiend, I'm so stoked that I get to finally try one of your strains. And thank you, Sam, for uh, stopping by our booth and throwing us. I have two other strains, too, that he gave us. We're going to smoke each week. So, And if you're a home grower and you want to throw Mr. and Mrs. Weedman a nug, it just has to be a nug, and we can smoke it on the show and tell everybody what it's all about. That'd be great. So we're about to light that Terp Fiend. Terp Drip is the name by Terp Fiend Genetics and grown by our friend Sam. So let's smoke that up, Mrs. Weed Man, and have some fun. Sure. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Got a really nice smell. Beautiful nugs. Uh, I don't have much information. I try to check out Terp's website and stuff like that. But all I found was that... It is cereal milk and royal goo uh, crossbred together. And it was grown by him, by, uh, by Terp Fiend himself. So I appreciate this, Terp. I'm super excited. And Sam, thank you so much. So royal goo or glue? Goo, goo? Is, the, is, the, is the cross. So I'm super excited. It smelled great. The nugs were beautiful looking. Lots of trichomes on it. Really nice and green with a little, little, little hint of purpleness to it, but not much. It was just beautiful smelling and just I can't wait to uh, to taste that. You having problems over there, Miss Wee Man? <laughs> yeah, I'm canoeing. Already? A little bit. Oh, man, that's a bummer. We're good now. We're back in action. <laughs> back in action. So we have some fun things going on this week, and we had some fun things go over this weekend. Mrs. Weed Man and I finally got to go. I got to take her to the hideout. And if you haven't been to the hideout, it is a Chicago music venue that's been around for a long time. It's a little, little house. I don't know how I have never been there. I don't know how you've been there either. I, I don't even understand <laughs> how. I never knew that was there our friend mr g plays in a band and he played there he's been on the show multiple times and he played there so we had to go see it and i'm so excited to take mrs weedman there they are canna friendly outside in their front little courtyard they don't care if you smoke weed it was great if you haven't seen it if you haven't been there you haven't seen a show there please go i think mrs weedman found an, an, another it's nice a pretty place. sweet little yeah. spot but we like kind of we don't like fancy schmoozy places we like yeah, we like, like divey <laughs> like kind of dive barry and so this is like an old frame house that was converted into a bar and it's just a good old chicago bar like a shot in a beer kind of place with a little not even an amphitheater in back it's like the living room has a stage yeah it's great <laughs> it's i super love cool. it so yeah. quaint so nice yeah and mr g played and it's just with so his, chicago with the, yeah it's just such a great we went uh kind of christmasy stuff and mm -hmm. some some of their their original music uh lawrence peters band right the yeah. lawrence peters outfit outfit yes and uh they were great great tight if you like honky tonk and you like a little like bluegrassy music go see them they also do uh they also play at uh fitzgerald's on roosevelt and berwin on sunday's brunch so it's great to see him great to see him finally play live uh super happy and then of course we went a second time 
to Red Hot Ranch Burgers. Yeah. <laughs> Two times in, <laughs> in basically like 10 days. Like I said, we don't really care about fancy. No. We, we ate under the L tracks in a little, oh. you know, burger hot dog stand. Oh, my God. But it is such a good burger. We went two times in one week. That is a good burger. It's a great burger. It if really you have is. not been to Red Hot Ranch yet and done the Red Hot Ranch burger, mm. you're missing out. It is phenomenal. I love it. It is my new fave to go. They also do really good hot dogs and their fried shrimps. And their fries. Our fries are fresh cut. They cut them right there and put it right in the, right in the oil. Like, boom, drop. Phenomenal place. And you still get a burger for six bucks. Yeah. You get a burger for six bucks with fries. Six bucks. Smash, Come on now. It's a smash burger. Oh. It's on the griddle. Mm. Mm. Oh, my gosh. Mm-mm. And That's you really so like the cheese dog, too. We the had cheese that. dog was great. <laughs> Just like your regular size, like beef frank in that really thick casing. And when you bite into it, it pops. Oh, my gosh. So good. This is really nice strain. That's really nice. It's super smooth. Super aromatic. Yeah. Flavorful as yeah. hell. Nice job, Sam. Growing Terps really nice. uh, genetics. Terp, you'd be proud. So uh, on this, he did a phenomenal job. So, uh, but really nice. And then we set up the Christmas tree on, on yes. Sunday. Got yes, our house all ready and festive. And it was it's really nice. The kiddos came down. We did we did uh, Christmas festivities, which we hadn't done since they both lived here. It's yeah, but they nice. were like they didn't want we. Used, they were hungover. They both were of both them. hungover. Yeah. <laughs> We usually have hot cocoa and we have gingerbread cookies. They're just out while we decorate. And the kids usually decorate. No, they just harassed me while I put <laughs> while I put the decorations up. <laughs> Giving was, me a hard time that about was funny. you know, like all the kids like homemade ornaments over the years. <laughs> I would have pictures like, on it. Too many of our sons were on the front of the tree. I don't know. It was, it was funny. We had a good time. It was good to, to, to be the four of us again. Busting and Yuki, chops. busting chops, having fun. We hadn't done that in a while, just the four of us. And then we, you I know. I think it some... was pretty much busting my chops. Well, you broke a couple balls, so of course they were going to bust uh, your chops. I always break the balls. <laughs> <laughs> so it was great, though, to be able to do that again as a family. It's been so long, and it's like, you know, you kind of miss that, you know, um, that kind of thing, you know, once a year you put up the tree, put up the decorations and the kids are running around having fun, putting up balls and, you know, so it was nice to have the four of us do it. And, uh, it was just a good time. So, and oh, dog wanted us to tell the story about when she was little on the show. No, she oh. wanted us to tell it on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> we never got around to it. Oh, and she locked us out of the house. When she locked us out. <laughs> so I think it was our first Christmas here in the house. And we've been in our home for over 20 years. So that first Christmas, uh, our son would have been four, and she would have been two. Yep. Yes, because he, yeah, his first birthday in the house, he was five. So it would have been that fall, spring. Anyway, uh, so they were four and two. And, you know, we were decorating on a, probably a Sunday because that was Mr. Weedman's day off. And, uh, and it had gotten dark out while we were decorating. Mr. Weedman put lights up outside. It was like the first year that those icicle lights were a thing. And he hung them. And we have this kind of gingerbread-y like, little house. So it looked super cute. And so we wanted to bring the kids out there to see the lights. So we took it. was really cold out. So we said, we'll just wrap you in the blanket. Because they were sitting on the couch watching cartoons. So we come in and we get... We get our, uh, can I Polly, say just say okay, Polly. Polly. We come in and get him, and we wrap him in a blanket. We take him out in front. Ooh, cool! And the next thing you know, we'd come in to get O Dog, and the door is locked. <laughs> we're like, "What the heck? How is the door locked?" And we're like, 
what the heck? We're trying. We're ding dong, ding dong. She's not answering. We could see in the basement window. She was a nut. I, she this. She was mad that this we went kid outside was feisty. Her. She was mad we went out <laughs> without her, or that she didn't get to go first. So she was busy pouting, and you know, like six o'clock with toddlers is like a witching hour. <laughs> if you don't keep them entertained, they could fall asleep, and then if they fall asleep, it's gonna just freaking mess up the whole rest of the night. So we're looking in the basement windows, like. Oh dog, oh dog! You we're gotta, bad looking. Yeah. We're pounding. We're like knocking. Like, come on! You gotta let us in. She's totally ignoring us. Like sucking away on her new new, watching the Rugrats on TV, ignoring us. So we finally lure her up to the door, and we're trying to convince her to open the door. She will not do that. She locked us out. She just yeah, freaking locked us she out. She did lock us out. So long story short, we convince her to our our mailbox comes into the house. We convinced her to get keys and hand us the keys through the mailbox so we can get in the house. And <laughs> it was just the funniest and thing. And we got in. We're like, oh, no, she's going to fall asleep. We're going to be out here all night. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's a funny. It's a good, so, it's a good yeah. one. That was like a laugh for many years oh on that story. So, oh, dog, we told it on the show. So Thanks, now you can listen to it anytime you want. <laughs> this week, though, we got some fun stuff going on. Tomorrow, uh, on Wednesday, we are going. I think you need to be careful with that. Oh, should I, I think not we should, smoke anymore? I think we should. I'm, okay. Yeah, I think we I should. I was going to light the joint We back smoked up. half of it. I think okay. we should wait till mid-show to you smoke the rest. You got it. <laughs> um, so anyway, Wednesday, you guys have all probably heard this show be already done and over on Wednesday because we already launched the show on Thursday. But uh, we are going to Blue Island Beer Company mm-hmm. on December 6th because our friend Briggs, the Real Split Society, throws a once-a-month party and he's throwing the Real Split Society smoke sesh at Blue Line Beer Company at from 6 to 10. And I went last month, and it was a blast. They do a great job. It's a bunch of vendors, and uh, it's very cannabis-friendly, and it's a lot of fun. Good beer, good weed, good people. Check it out one month. that They do it every first Wednesday of the month. It's so, free. Yeah, it's free. Yeah. So if you missed this Wednesday... Uh, on December 6th, I'll see you there January 6th. <laughs> Just find me. Or I'll sometime my, around there. Yeah, find me. Uh, well, yeah, the first Wednesday in January. So f- come find me. I'll have my little uh, rolling tray. I'll be rolling joints for people. So come by and check me out. So uh, Mrs. Wee Man will be there too, hanging out. Just smoke and enjoy the DJ and the music and the good good vibe. So and then what are we doing this Saturday? This Saturday, we are going to the Uncle Stew's and Maid Gallery uh, pop-up gallery so there's an art show during the day from 3 to 8 p.m in the city on milwaukee avenue and that goes from 3 to 8 it's free music art culture cool weed friendly you can vape indoors i think if you want to smoke you have to find a spot um and then at 9 p.m there is a after party which we are going to that's ticketed it was 30 bucks a ticket when we got them, and I think they had a VIP ticket for like 100 and you got like a swag bag of some sort. Um, but that's at a different location, and don't really know what's going to go down there, but I'm sure it's going to be a good time. We're going to be there. Go, We're going to be going there. Down. And there's, it was <laughs> like, it was 9 till midnight. Now it's 9 until dot, dot, dot. Yeah, I don't know how long I'll so, last, but we'll, we'll go. See. We'll We'll go. We'll yeah, go as long we'll as we can. We'll see what it's all about. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we'll go for a red hot ranch afterwards. Oh, three <laughs> weeks a, in a row. Three weeks in a row. I get the shrimp. Burgers. I might get the shrimp this time. Yeah. The shrimp, or, and a, I and might a, get a hot dog. And a cheese dog. Do they have a pizza puff? No. No pizza puff. Shrimp. No pizza puff. Shrimp. No pizza puff no for you. No pizza puff. Hey. Uh, Sam, 
Very well done, my friend. Good We're 11 week. minutes into the show. Been smoking about 10 of those 11 minutes, and I'm baked. Terp, phenomenal yeah. genetics, brother. Uh, appreciate you. Also, last episode, we talked about the movies to watch stoned Christmas movies. Sam reminded me of one that I forgot, and it's a staple in his house. You'll you'll never guess it, but I'm I, I just one one, and I'll give you I'll give you I get one guess. Yes, and I'll give you a hint. Okay, I'll give you a hint. It's gonna be a real easy hint. The first word Star Wars. No, that's not a Christmas movie. <laughs> <laughs> the first letter in the word begins with a G. Think Christmas movie. Gremlins? Yes. yes. Very good. You thought I would never get it. I thought you were going to say Grinch. I thought you were going to say Grinch. I saw your <laughs> eyes. They're like, she doesn't know bull. She doesn't know shit. She's never going to get this. It's a staple this. in his house. And yeah. I totally forgot that I movie. I love it. That's a, and I've yeah. watched that movie so many times in my life. I've never seen it start to finish. What is, you, you always say that about movies. A lot of movies. Yes. But I've watched Gremlins. because I've got like ADHD. So, I, you know. I've, I've watched Gremlins one and two. And I, I don't even remember if there's a three but one i saw it in the theater when i was a kid mm-hmm. and i've probably seen it at least 50 times and i cannot believe i forgot that was a christmas movie yeah. especially one of my favorite scenes is when uh the gremlins are, are uh, singing christmas carols and they're in there they're they're mm-hmm. all christmas decked out and it's fucking hilarious <laughs> what year was that from uh, like 90s like 85 84 it was before oh. i it was before i lived in when i lived in in, uh, in, new, uh, york? in new york and that's when it was still going so i think it was like 80 wow. 45 that was the first one, so <laughs> so good. So Sam, shout out to you, yeah. brother. Thank you for getting this. I'm, good I'm, stuff. I'm, that's why I told you don't smoke that whole thing. <laughs> and that was a pretty <laughs> fatty too. So <laughs> that was a fat doink. So we need to. I'm baked. Uh, ready to get the show started, Let's or try to anyway. Let's try. Thanks for getting me high, <laughs> Sam. I appreciate it. So, uh, defining quality. What makes a cannabis brand good? The weed we're smoking right now makes a good cannabis yeah. brand. Nice job, Terp Fiend. <laughs> as long uh, as this writer is writing and seeing the, the the her fair share of brands come and go, with so many SKUs on dispensary shelves, one question that get that this writer gets asked frequently: How can you tell if a cannabis product is good? The word good is subjective, of course, just like many things in the cannabis world. There's always room for debate. But after years on the beat, this writer developed their own criteria for determining what they like and deciding whether a brand is trustworthy enough to talk about it in public arena. Curious about what to consider before giving uh, a brand your stamp of approval? Here are five of this writer's markers. And, and I think I think what we'll do is we'll read this and maybe give our own opinion too, like what we think Maybe because we I mean, we smoke homegrown now so a lot so <laughs> a lot. Um, the people behind the brand stand for something. Do you believe that? Yeah. When it comes to brand building, no, one, or, no one's going to grow weed if they don't believe in weed. Yeah. Those who are close to this writer know that this person loves to uh, elevate voices and that truly deserve it. Whether it's a, run, a family-run company developing a product to help heal one of their own or a founder seeking to make a real difference in the world, always seeking out brands run by people with pure hearts. If this writer came across someone in weed for what they deem the wrong reason, just trying to make a buck, I am the writer is far less likely to engage. And then on the flip side, if I if this writer knows a person's intentions are pure, they will hype them up as much as they can. I believe that. I mean, there could be people who would literally grow it because 
they want to make a living. Of course. But they have to stay. People make a living doing things they're passionate about. Yeah. So they could, even if they're doing it just to make a buck, they can still be. I think that we're not seeing that so much in corporate cannabis, but in a home grow position or a traditional market guy. If he's family owned businesses, I think craft cultivators. He's doing business. Right. You know, he's passionate about it. He wants to have good product. I mean, it's going to make him more profitable. I don't even sell sell my flower that I grow here. But I'm passionate about it. I'm passionate when I talk about it and I give it away to people. I think that most, if you're just growing it, like hobby growing it, not as a business, I don't don't know anybody that would be growing it if they didn't have a passion for it. Right, 100%. It's very, it's not just like put it on your counter. No, it takes a lot of work. You have to buy equipment. It takes a lot of work. Yeah, yeah. The The source material is high quality. The next step in learning more about a product and actually trying it. Again, this writer's opinion about what weed is dank are this writer's own. But there are a few things this writer knows when they take a look at a package or a jar. If the product is flour, the writer's always curious about how it was grown. I tend to be a fan of regenerative sun-grown herb, but there are plenty of nice indoor brands as well. The writer likes to ask about the cultivation methods, what inputs were used, and whether sustainable practices were in play. Smell is also an important factor. The nose knows. And if this writer gets a naturally loud whiff of terps, I know that bud could be something special. Too much scent, and I may question if the bud was sprayed with additional terpenes or scents. Mm. Not a good sign. For things like extracts or edibles, it's about the, the source material used to craft the final product. For example, the writer typically shies away from things made out of distillate. This oil is essentially all cannabinoids and none of the other stuff that gives weed its unique experiences and effects, such as terpenes, flavonoids, esters, and flavorants. Um, One may believe that more THC means a better product, but that's not the case. Having as many parts of the plant present as possible helps promote the entourage effect. Yes. And I want to thank somebody before I move on. Uh, Somebody on Spotify, you can comment on our episodes now on Spotify, and I, th- I think this person's name and is called Skunk, a skunk's ass, or skunk's <laughs> skunk's a ass. <laughs> and I want to thank you for commenting and telling Mrs. Weedman that she needs to find CBG RSO to help with your bone growth. Yep. CBG RSO. RSO. So if anybody out there can make that for Mrs. Weedman, I will be happily to participate in talking with you. Um, please let me CBG we're talking about here. Uh, a phenomenal cannabinoid, great for uh inflammation, great for uh bone density, uh great for digestion, anxiety, cancer fighting. CBG is the mother of all cannabinoids. And we're going to help this mother over here if someone can help us out with some CBG RSO. So thank you, skunk ass. Yeah. I uh, appreciate the the information. Um, this is the theory that all compounds and cannabis work together to create more potent experience. The products are consistent. Consistency is key to a lot of stuff. So this is me talking out the writer. Consistency is another key component. This is the writer. Unfortunately, this has been a struggle for many in the cannabis space. It's not always the brand's fault, especially when it comes to multi-state expansion. Since cannabinoids cannot travel over state lines, each market has to do its own production facility that follows individual guidelines per state regulations. Even with these challenges, some brands have been able to keep, uh, be able to uh, knock consistency out of the park. 
I often uh, recommend uh, this writer does um, this brand. Uh, and thanks to their uh, predictability, always seems to have their stellar stuff no matter what I, what she says they are. So I'm not going to name the brand. I'm guessing a lot this has to do with solid standard operation procedures, uh, which Mr. Weeman hates SOPs, that set brands up for success regardless of location. <laughs> I think you should have standard operating procedures when it comes to making product. Yeah. 100%. Um, but I think outside of that, like outside of like the, the industrial making of stuff, standard operating procedures, I just think you don't need a, outside of that. You don't need a bunch. You need a few, like two tree. That's about it. Not a hundred. One, two tree. Yeah, not a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> the packaging is cute but not cumbersome. Packaging is a complicated issue in cannabis thanks to child safety regulations, but nothing is worse than not being able to access the eighth you just purchased. Or how about like I've see, someone sent me a picture one time of a gummy tin. They like smashed it open with like yes. and pulled it open with pliers and still couldn't get into the fucking <laughs> gummy. <laughs> I started laughing my ass off. It's like, how the fuck do I get in these? <laughs> I just want my gummy. <laughs> <laughs> Should have made a meme out of it. It'd be pretty funny. Uh, I'm thinking about people with hand mobility issues and they struggle to squeeze the package just right. Yeah, like my uh, Ma, Ma 420. She has arthritis in her hands, so it's tough for her to open up anything. So, yeah, you have to be – and that was a big thing. We've read about that in a couple articles too with cannabis packaging too. You know, it's hard for people to open it up. So once you get the package open, you should have an eight decades jar to put your weed in or your edibles or anything you want. Right, Ms. Weed Man? Yeah. yeah. So make sure you check out 8decades.com. It's Christmas time. Yeah. Uh, however, the adorable metal <laughs> and tin, the buds was inside, was impossible to open. You had to push it to two tiny plastic tabs at the same time to pull on the lid up. Um, so that's not always easy for people with arthritis, tremors, or other conditions affecting fine motor control. Parkinson's, right, is is you have the shakes, right, with Parkinson's disease. It'd probably be hard yes. for someone to open up those two, mm. like, levers to get fucking in there. Oh, yeah. You have to think about that. So uh, the COAs are on point. The cert certificate of analysis, that's a big one, people. You have to understand certificates of analysis is what they are, what's in your weed. You can ask for COAs. And it's a lot of companies are, well, I wouldn't say a lot. A few companies are putting barcodes on there where you can click on it. It takes you to the COAs. So make sure you ask the CCOAs if, you're, if you want to know about uh, quality and consistency. A movement towards quality. Cannabis is a matter of taste. There is no doubt it is. But sophisticated consumers are able to develop their own checklist for determining quality. Uh, programs like Ganjaneer are helping to teach the community about these factors. Ganjaneer is like uh, 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 Cicerone for beer or Sommelier for wine. Um uh, about the factors, nearly everything comes down to personal preference. Uh, this writer developed the criteria and hoped other other people will do the same. Perhaps then uh, the market will follow suit and recognize perspe perspective. Pot critics are growing in numbers. Right now it's a race to the bottom, but it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. Um, she's a good writer, uh, uh, Rochelle Gordon. On, um, I never get, I've never thrown her a shout out before, and I apologize. Uh, Green State, I've read a lot of her yeah, articles of, over yeah. over the years, and she's a phenomenal writer, phenomenal journalist. So I just want to give her a shout out, Rochelle Gordon. You rock, and thank you for letting us read your um, read your articles on here. Um, but also, once again, check out eightdecades.com. It is Christmas time. <laughs> eightdecades.com. This is Weedman's baby. We're gonna be doing some uh, specials. Uh, coming up so you can get some stuff for Christmas for you, your friends, your family. Check out 8decades.com. Spelled out. <laughs> Two words. Two words. Not numbers. Not numbers. Spell it out, Mrs. Weedman. 
E-I-G-H-T, Decades, D-E-C-A-D-E-S dot com. There you go. Check out 8decades.com, everybody, and support Mrs. Weed, man. We appreciate it. Um, can cannabis help alleviate the symptoms of PTSD? Yeah. Uh, post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD, is a mental health condition that affects millions of people around the world. While traditional treatment methods, such as therapy and medication, have proven to be effective for many individuals, there is growing interest in exploring alternative approaches, including the use of cannabis. PTSD is characterized by a range of symptoms that can significantly impact a person's daily functioning and overall well-being. We will explore traditional treatment methods for PTSD and set the stage for understanding the potential role of cannabis in managing the condition. PTSD is characterized by a range of symptoms that can be categorized in four main clusters, intrusion, avoidance, negative alterations in mood and cognition, and alterations in arousal and reactivity. So number one, intrusion symptoms. These symptoms involve recurrent and distressing memories, flashbacks, or nightmares related to the traumatic event. Individuals may experience intrusive thoughts or images that cause significant distress. Two, avoidance symptoms. People with PTSD often try to avoid anything that reminds them of the traumatic event. This can include avoiding specific places, people, activities, or even discussing the event itself. Uh, avoidance symptoms can interfere with social relationships and daily functioning. Three, negative alterations in mood and cognition. PTSD can lead to negative changes in a person's thinking patterns and emotional state. Individuals may experience persistent negative beliefs or expectations about themselves, others, or the world. They may also have difficulty experiencing positive emotions and may feel detached from loved ones. Four, alterations in arousal and reactivity. Individuals with PTSD may display heightened arousal or reactivity. This can manifest as irritability, anger, outbursts, difficulty concentrating, hypervigilance, and an exaggerated startle response. Sleep disturbances are also common, including insomnia or having nightmares. Traditionally, PTSD has been treated through a combination of psychotherapy, medication, and support from healthcare professionals. Some common treatment approaches include cognitive behavior therapy, eye movement desensitization and reprocessing, uh, medication, and support groups. While these traditional treatment methods have proven to be effective for many individuals, there is growing interest in exploring alternative approaches, including the use of cannabis. Let's delve into the world of cannabis, its potential effects on the brain, and how it might be utilized as a treatment method for individuals with PTSD. As we mentioned, PTSD is a complex mental health condition that can have a profound impact on an individual's life. By understanding the nature of PTSD, we can better comprehend the potential benefits and challenges of utilizing cannabis as a treatment option. PTSD can be caused by a wide range of traumatic events. Some common causes are military personnel who have been exposed to combat situations or have experienced other traumatic events during their service, survivors of physical or sexual assault, including domestic violence or childhood abuse, as a result of their traumatic experience, 
Individuals who have experienced natural disasters, such as earthquakes, hurricanes, or floods, due to the overwhelming and life-threatening nature of the events. Uh, being involved in a serious car accident, such as a car crash or a workplace incident. And patients who have undergone traumatic medical procedures, received a life-threatening diagnosis, or experienced life-threatening complications. While anyone can develop PTSD after a traumatic event, certain factors may increase the likelihood of its development. Those include individuals who have previously experienced traumatic events may be more susceptible to subsequent trauma or with sub I'm sorry, they'd be more susceptible to PTSD with subsequent traumas. Uh, limited social support systems, including a lack of close relationships or a weak support network, would put you at risk. Uh, individuals with pre-existing mental health conditions, such as anxiety or depression, are at a higher risk. And the severity and duration of the traumatic event, prolonged exposure to trauma, or repeated traumatic experiences can increase your risk. And individual factors such as age, gender, and genetic predispositions may also be an influence. Understanding the basics of cannabis is essential for comprehending its potential role in managing your PTSD symptoms. Cannabis is a plant that contains numerous chemical compounds called cannabinoids. The two most well-known cannabinoids are delta-9-tetrahydrocannabinol, THC, and cannabidiol, CBD. THC is primarily responsible for the psychoactive effects of cannabis, while CBD is known for its potential therapeutic properties. The cannabinoids in cannabis interact with the endocannabinoid system in your brain, which plays a crucial role in regulating various physiological processes, such as mood, appetite, pain sensation, and sleep. THC binds to cannabinoid receptors in the brain, primarily in the areas associated with memory, cognition, pleasure, and coordination. This interaction leads to the psychoactive effects commonly associated with cannabis use. CBD, on the other hand, does not produce the same psychoactive effects as THC, but has been found to interact with other re receptors in the brain, such as serotonin and vanilloid receptors. These interactions are believed to contribute to its potential therapeutic effects, including anti-anxiety, anti-inflammatory, and analgesic properties. Cannabis has been used for various medicinal purposes throughout history, and its potential therapeutic benefits are gaining recognition in the medical community. The use of cannabis as a treatment method is growing in popularity, especially for conditions that are difficult to manage with traditional approaches. In recent years, researchers have been studying the potential benefits of cannabis for a wide range of medical conditions, including chronic pain, epilepsy, multiple sclerosis, and mental health disorders such as anxiety, depression, and PTSD. It is important to note that the use of cannabis as a treatment method should be approached with caution and under guidance of healthcare professionals. The varying concentrations of THC and CBD in different strains of cannabis as well as individual differences in response, can influence the effects and potential risks associated with its use. Now, you might be wondering how cannabis can help with PTSD symptoms. Um, when it comes to anxiety and hyperarousal, hallmark symptoms of PTSD, cannabis has been reported to help reduce anxiety levels and promote a sense of relaxation. 
This may be beneficial for individuals who experience constant feelings of nervousness or agitation. Uh, with sleep disturbances such as insomnia or nightmares, cannabis has been reported to have sedative effects, which may aid in improving sleep quality and reducing the frequency and intensity of nightmares. With fear extinction and memory consolidation, uh, PTSD is often characterized by intrusive and distressing memories of the traumatic event. There is evidence to suggest that cannabinoids, particularly THC, may play a role in fear extinction and memory consolidation processes. By modulating mem memory formation and retrieval, cannabis might help individuals with PTSD process and reduce the impact of traumatic memories. That's intense. Uh, relief for individuals experiencing chronic pain as a result of their trauma or associated conditions. Cannabis, particularly strains rich in CBD, has been recognized for its potential analgesic properties and may provide relief from pain symptoms. And while research on cannabis and PTSD is still in its early stages, there have been several studies conducted, conducted to investigate its potential benefits. The studies have provided preliminary evidence suggesting that cannabis may indeed offer therapeutic effects for individuals with PTSD. As with any treatment method, it's crucial to consider the potential risks and side effects, which could include psychological effects because THC strains can induce temporary psychotropic effects such as anxiety, paranoia, and cognitive impairment. Uh, you would have to consider dependence and addiction. Cannabis has the potential for dependence and addiction, which I will say the addiction part would be argued by many, uh, particularly with heavy or prolonged use. Um, with interaction with medications, cannabis may interact with certain medications, including sedatives, antipsychotics, and antidepressants. And you have to consider uh, legalities. The legal status of cannabis varies from country to or from count, yeah, country to country, and yeah, even county, <laughs> and to, county. county to county, <laughs> city to city, <laughs> town to town, and even within different regions. It's important to be aware of the laws and regulations regarding cannabis use in your jurisdiction. If you are considering using cannabis for PTSD, it is crucial to consult with a healthcare professional who is knowledgeable about cannabis and its potential benefits and risks. They can provide personalized guidance based on your specific needs and medical history. The relationship between cannabis and PTSD is complex and evolving. Gaining knowledge about cannabis, including its components and how it affects the brain, provides a foundation for understanding its potential therapeutic properties. It is important to note that the scientific evidence is still limited and more research is needed to fully understand the efficacy, safety, and long-term effects of cannabis use for individuals with PTSD. That was great. Yeah. We, I know we've talked about PTSD before in the show with cannabis and stuff like that, but this went, like, in-depth. Yeah, like, I like that. It was good. And it was a lot. We'll post this one because it was a lot more to the article. Mrs. Weeman kind of mixed and mingled it a little bit because it's a long one. So if you want to read more, we'll, uh, we'll make sure it's posted on for the show on the show notes. Mm-hmm. MJ BizCon was last week, and uh, a lot of people in the industry think the best days of cannabis are yet to come. Mm. Let's hear about it. Las Vegas. After a tough year for most cannabis operators, attendees at MJ BizCon 2023 said they aren't banking on sweeping legislative reform, such as the rescheduling of, of marijuana to grow their business in the coming year. Rather, they are hoping for more 
incremental policy changes, such as safer banking and new opportunities to open in emerging state markets. They're also shifting their attitudes away from viewing fellow operators as competition, instead looking to partner with them to find synergies. The best days are yet to come, said Jesse Cannon, chief commercial officer at New York-based multi-state operator, the cannabis company formerly known as Columbia Care. There's going to be a rising tide lifts all boats moment. I believe that. If you don't believe it, that you shouldn't be in the industry. Federal reform equals industry health. Tim Swale, the executive vice president of, uh, of sales at Boveda, said even through the Minnesota-based business's ancillary operations, the passage of safer banking and its impl implications would be a huge boost to its clients and thus would also benefit the company. Uh, safer banking or the rescheduling of marijuana later would mean that the industry would no longer be subject to punitive section 280E of the IRX tax code would be huge relief uh, to Boveda's clients and cannabis cultivators. Um, local market growth opportunities. Uh, the cannabis companies, uh, Sh uh, Shannon said, he's looking forward to new state markets opening up. Our growth catalyst is all about accessibility. As we become accessible to more consumers, more consumers will have access to our products with the exp exponential growth opportunity. Ohio's recent vote on uh, legalized adult use is a great example, Shannon said, and he's keeping a close eye on New York's evolving re recreational market. Um, Fazil Quasi, founder and CEO of uh, Boulder Lamp BLI, a Colorado-based company that produces an LED grow light system that kills mold and yeast without the negative impacts of working under UV lights, uh, said he's also anticipating the growth of state markets. Ooh, I got to read about that lighting, just to read about it. Um, community building and partnerships. It's very tough two years for Hawthorne Gardening, the cannabis subsidiary of Ohio-based lawn and uh, garden titan Scott's Miracle Grow. Good. Glad. <laughs> they sold out. <laughs> um, over the past 18 months, Hawthorne has laid off roughly 1,000 people, according to because you sold your soul to Scott's Miracle Grow. Hawthorne sales reported uh, dropped 40% in the quarter ending July 30th, according to Scott's August earnings report, which drove down the parent company total sales by 6%. Scott's chair and CEO Jim uh, Hagron said that rather than continue waiting for federal mar marijuana legalization, which the company initially thought would already have happened, Hawthorne's strategy now is to build a partnership with cultivators, producers, and other struggling cannabis companies. We're talking about Ellis Island. Like the huddle masses, we're going to build a colony of every company that's not worth shit, Jim Hagron said, referring to the low stock prices in the cannabis industry. We're going to build a completely integrated pot business. California-based legacy brand THC Design attended MJ BizCon as a company for the first time this year with similar perspective. Our biggest goal here is to start to network with lots of our peers. THC Design President Marlon Carbon said it's obvious been a tough few years for the industry in general. It was good, though, when people got that free money and they were spending all their money on cannabis. People were happy back then, right? Because it was free. Nothing in this world is free. Don't you understand that? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. Except for the air you breathe. And one day, if the government could charge you for that and tax you for that, it's going to cost us. So it takes time, energy, money. Uh, I, I saw a lot of people posting stuff about MJ BizCon and we're there. We haven't gone yet. Maybe one day we'll go. Uh, but I mean, this is what it's all about. Big corporations, small businesses coming together to find out what's going to happen next year and see what new products are coming out and who did well in 2023. And, you know, there's more more and more that is going to be across the, the country and across the world eventually. Eventually you'll have, like, global cannabis, like, somewhere in maybe Italy will be going for a global cannabis thing or Germany or Malta or Luxembourg, Australia. Will it be global? Like a cannabis summit yeah globally 
I mean, it's probably a small one somewhere now, but eventually it's gonna, they're going to be big ones. That'll be f- a party when we can hmm. all go globally and smoke cannabis anywhere we want. <laughs> 420 for everybody then. <laughs> <laughs> I posted this. So medical cannabis doesn't impair cognitive function. This is a good little study. Yeah. Yeah. I got the word right too, everybody. Very good. Very good. <laughs> a new study suggests that cannabis... When used as prescribed to manage a chronic health condition, does not negatively impact cognitive function. These new findings are said to contribute a vital piece to the puzzle in assessing the safety and efficacy of medical cannabis treatment, especially with respect to cognitive function. Researchers at Swinburne University of Technology's Center for Human Psychopharmacology in Australia conducted an open-label trial in which... 40 patients with various health conditions self-administered a standard dose of prescribed medicinal cannabis as described by the label. Uh, Participants were prescribed a range of products, including orally administered oils and flour for vaporization. The most common indication for which cannabis was prescribed was chronic non-cancer pain followed by sleep disorders and anxiety. The researchers assessed cognitive performance using the Cambridge Neuropsychological Test Automated Battery, or CANTAB, and the Drood app, as well as subjective effects before and after consumption. Patients chose from adjectives such as stoned, sedated, relaxed, comfortable, anxious, and confident to describe the effects. The results showed that participants' performance improved over time on the can tab multitasking test and rapid visual information processing test while all other cognitive performance measures were non-significant vaping was associated with significantly stronger subjective feelings of stoned and sedated compared to oils commenting on the findings lead researcher on the study dr thomas arkell said we already know that non-medical cannabis can impact memory and attention However, our findings show that patients prescribed medical cannabis by a doctor don't experience the same effects. This could indicate that patients develop tolerance over time akin to what we see with other psychoactive medications like antidepressants and benzodiazepines. The research also found that patients might become tolerant to the potentially impairing effects of Delta-9 tetrahydrocannabinol, THC the primary psychoactive component of cannabis. It can also mean that patients experience some alleviations of their symptoms, such as pain, after using medical cannabis, which might lead to a normalization of cognitive function, Dr. Arkell continued. That's interesting. While this research marks a critical step in understanding the impact of prescribed medical cannabis on cognitive function, The result cannot be generalized to non-medical cannabis or non-prescribed medical cannabis use. The study emphasizes the distinction between prescribed medical cannabis and its non-medical or non-prescribed counterparts. Dr. Arkell added, These findings have real implications for many thousands of Australians who are now prescribed medical cannabis to manage a chronic health condition. Pretty good. Yeah. Very interesting. I found a song by the Black Keys and Ohio. Talking about Ohio. 
and uh, Ohio senators now. Now, get this. Your constituents of your state voted to legalize recreational cannabis. And on this Thursday, it's supposed to take effect, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. But the Ohio governor, governor and the House and the senators want to change the bill in a lot of different ways. I saw that. Right? Yep. Ohio, you cannot let this happen. You just can't. You cannot let this happen. You cannot let them change any of it. You voted for this. And the biggest thing, besides they're trying to give, like, all the tax revenue to, like, all these different police unions and all the way, just same thing like Illinois did. Like, half of that money goes to all these, like, bullshit stuff. And uh, I'm telling you right now, first and foremost, don't don't let that happen. That tax money should be going to uh, helping people understand cannabis better should be schools free schooling for cannabis this should go back to the workers in the cannabis industry as a pension program none of that should go to the government because they've been fucking you for so long and arresting people and just the drug on the the the, the war on drugs i mean none of it okay first and foremost and they're going to take like all of it second they're trying to take away home grow and they're saying that it's bad that that people at home grow wind up ending on the traditional market it's like one percent okay they're trying to take that your right to grow this wonderful plant you should be able to grow it anyway without their permission or not but that's besides the point and then they're trying to cap your thc limit to like 25%. Everyone's going to go right back to Michigan again. <laughs> yeah. You have 48 hours. But by the time you hear the show, it's probably going to be Thursday. So it is now Tuesday, December 5th. Thursday, okay, the law goes into effect in the morning. They have one more day to get this done. To try to fuck you all over there, Ohio. And Columbus, the three C's, Akron, Youngstown, Dayton, and everybody else in that state. All those counties and cities that I didn't mention, and I apologize. It take me a while to, to remember them all. But Columbus, one of still one of We Man 420 Chronicles' biggest f- listener base audience. Thank you. You have to fucking fight this. Do not let them do this to you. Do not. All of this garbage. Somebody stop them from even meeting the next couple of days. I'm telling you, uh, Ohio, you can do it. You can do it. I, I believe, Ohio, that they will not change this law on you and have time to do it in. Little Antioch, Illinois, becomes the first non-home rule community to ban stores from selling unregulated THC products. Hmm. That that little old little old Antioch, they got a really good bakery up there. Yeah, they do. And what's it called again? Uh, Lovin' Oven. Lovin' Oven or something. Or something? Like oh, that? Yeah. so good! On your way to Wisconsin, stop it and and buy their uh, raspberry cheese coffee cake. It's pretty sweet. Oh, it's like a cheesecake raspberry just coffee cake. It's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Massive marijuana grow operation with booby traps discovered in Tennessee church. Booby traps. Booby traps. Booby traps. <laughs> booby traps. <laughs> Goonies. Goonies. Data. Um, so they discovered this grow in Tennessee. You know, it's just so, it's just terrible. It's even illegal, but they sell so much CBD in Tennessee. No one gets in trouble for that. So, I mean, it's the same plant, everybody, basically, in so many ways. It doesn't matter. Just, just foolishness, Tennessee. You could make it legal. Make it medical. Um, in Minnesota, this uh, Eden Prairie Police Department will test drivers. They suspect they've been using marijuana with uh, a saliva testing system. It's coming. It's coming, everybody. So, little old Arkansas, proud of you. Your medical marijuana sales surpassed $1 billion since 2019. That's pretty good, Arkansas. Love it. New legislation to allow homegrown cannabis in Jersey. The place I was born. Let's go, Jersey. Let's fucking go. Do it. Let people grow. Ugh. Because especially in the counties that, that don't allow it, man, that's great for somebody to homegrow so they don't have to drive. Get weed. Nearly 70% of Florida voters support marijuana legalization ballot initiative with majorities of every demographic in favor. Of course. It's going to be huge. And I don't like Florida's laws, period, because they only let MSOs own everything. And what's crazy about that fucking state is you own the cultivation and you own the dispensaries. And you can only, as far as I know, you can only sell to your own dispensary. You own the cultivation, you sell to your dispensary. I think that's the law. Someone correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that's the law. It's stupid. <laughs> uh, talk about a monopoly. Jeez. California rakes in $269.3 million in cannabis taxes in Q3 of 2023. $269 million in taxes. Wow. Why is there so many homeless people in that state? <laughs> I don't know. Be just crazy. Young adults report significantly lower, lower rates of alcohol and tobacco use following marijuana legalization study fines. Good. Mm -hmm. Good for you. And then uh, Senator John Fetterman, uh, Democrat of PA, one of the most uh, uh, boisterous cannabis supporters among U.S. senators, recently said he was honored to vote for the Safer Banking Act and saying that he doesn't see it's a no-brainer that they can definitely see um, it possibly moving forward with the decriminalization this year. So we'll see. We'll see. Or next year. So we'll see. Who knows? Lab testing. Yeah. There's some funny, funny, funny business going yeah, on with lab some funny testing. Business going on, I posted sure. this the other day. People, a couple of people comment going, seriously? I'm like, yeah, yeah. man. It's been going on for a hot minute now. <laughs> yep. A marijuana lab testing analysis finds routine THC inflation and data manipulation. The THC potency of marijuana flour sold in legal stores in four states is routinely and systematically inflated. Sometimes by as much as 25% or more, Yee! according to an independent analysis of licensed cannabis testing laboratory data obtained by MJ Biz Daily. But perhaps even more troubling, the analysis conducted by Yasha Khan of MCR Labs, a state-licensed cannabis testing laboratory in Massachusetts, also found evidence of data manipulation in lab testing for yeast and mold. The analysis suggests that tainted products that should have been failed for contaminants and destroyed or remediated instead was passed and eventually sold by legal retailers. 
In addition, confirmation that THC potency inflation is running rampant and often unchecked across legal U.S. marijuana markets also stands to undermine consumer confidence in product labeling. That, in turn, can harm the $34 billion legal cannabis industry's credibility while also breaking one of marijuana legalization's core promises of reliably testing and having safe products, critics say. Khan of MCR Labs, vice president of marketing and data science, uh, obtained anonymized lab testing uh, results from Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, and Oregon. Oregon? Oregon. It is where to go. Oregon. Oregon. (laughs) Oregon. (laughs) He then applied basic data forensic tools to identify and quantify abnormal results. Khan presented his findings to an online meeting of state regulators on October 26th. Several officials who attended confirmed to MJ Biz Daily. Industry observers contacted by MJ Biz Daily say Khan's analysis is the first known attempt to quantify across multiple legal markets what's acknowledged in cannabis circles as a widespread dirty secret. The THC percentages printed on product labels in legal stores is often grossly inflated. Grossly. Principals of other labs who reviewed Khan's work told MJ Biz Daily the methods were sound and the results are a welcome quantification of a known problem, even if the implications are troubling. This is the scientific approach we've been trying to get for a long time, said Josh Swider, the co-founder and CEO of San Diego-based Infinite Chemical Analysis Labs. This is not mistakes being made, Swider added. This is fraud. Lab shopping, in which marijuana product manufacturers and retailers seek out testing labs that will return friendly results in the form of high THC ratings, has been prevalent in the cannabis industry for years. In a study conducted in 2018-19, to Uh, But published just this year in the journal Plus One, researchers found that marijuana flower purchased in Colorado had substantially lower THC potency than was advertised on the product labels. In 23 samples obtained from 10 Colorado retailers, the average observed THC potency was 23.1% lower than the (laughs) lowest label reported values and 35.6% lower than the highest label reported values, according to researchers at the University of Northern Colorado's School of Biological Sciences. And you don't want us to be allowed to home grow. You kidding me. Marijuana sold with unreliable THC potency is an issue in every medical and recreational state, Khan told MJ Biz Daily via email. Routine and runaway THC potency inflation undermines consumer trust and confidence in the regulated market. It contributes to a situation that retailers, cultivators, and sophisticated consumers acknowledge but claim to be unable to stop. And unchecked contaminant testing data manipulation allows unsafe products to enter the market and puts consumers' health at risk, Khan said. The findings highlight how the promises of verifiable product safety uh, that convinced voters and lawmakers to legalize adult use and create today's legal market 
uh, have led to a vicious cycle that many industry insiders accept as a normal business arrangement. Consumers looking for the best bargain for limited dollars gravitate toward marijuana flower with the highest THC percentages. They do this even as cannabis competition judges and other connoisseurs have insisted for years that the THC percentage is not an indicator of quality or even the strength of the high. In response, retailers purchase high THC flour from product suppliers who in turn are going are known to go lab shopping, where they present their flour for testing to multiple laboratories and then use the best result. Laboratories face market pressure to present friendly results and otherwise risk losing business to labs willing to flout rules if they don't. Most insiders will readily admit to all of this, at least in private, yet it's a cycle no business or regulator has been able to break. Khan obtained data from four states via public record requests or open data. The data includes potency results from nearly 400,000 flower samples tested by 70 different labs. Some of the samples also included contaminant screening results, and the data was anonymized. No labs or product makers are identified. In some cases, labs presented what looked like a normal distribution of THC results, but with the average result inflated by 25% versus other labs that tested the same flower, suggesting labs with normal-looking data distribution could be inflating results. But Khan also identified selective THC inflation that could be as high as 50%, meaning marijuana flower that tested at 14% THC is labeled as 21%. He also found some labels presented a spectrum of results with multiple humps or peaks, suggesting selective data manipulation for particular clients or samples rather than across-the-board inflation. Those peaks were also suspiciously tied to round numbers, such as 25% or 35%. He also found irregular distribution and testing for yeast and mold, he found labs that overrepresented results right before the fail point, suggesting labs succumbed to market pressures to pass products that ought to have failed. Khan presented his findings via video chat on October 26th to a subcommittee of the Cannabis Regulators Association, a nonpartisan organization of government officials. And while regulators were aware labs were presenting questionable results, Confirmation that potency inflation is a problem across the country emphasizes that there's a big problem here, Standiford said. What the data doesn't show is what labs are doing to produce questionable results, noted Zachary Eisenberg, vice president of California licensed Anresco Laboratories in San Francisco. There are a number of games you can play in the laboratory or otherwise to inflate results, he said. That puts regulatory bodies in a really hard place to regulate labs and prove that a lab is cheating. Eisenberg is chair of a cannabis working group at the American Council of Independent Laboratories. The trade association representing commercial testing labs has been attempting to sound the alarm about problems with cannabis testing for years. He and Swider, who is the group's vice chair, have sent letters to California regulators and raised the issue at conferences with limited results. 
In the meantime, Eisenberg and Swider told MJ Biz Daily that their labs have lost nearly all of their cannabis testing clients who have fled to other labs that will fudge results in ways that they will not. Other laboratories, including Khan's uh, MCR labs, also said that they have lost business for refusing to inflate THC numbers or fudge data to allow tainted products to pass. Eventually, it's just going to be a race to the bottom, he added. Only the people willing to play the game will stay in the business. That's pretty sad. Yeah, I mean... Uh, I, the the industry is only getting bigger. Yeah. So they need to nip it and fix it. I mean, it's been talked about for a while now. You know, now this is just more proven data and mm -hmm. facts, you know, that this is happening. You know, I mean... I don't know. It's just uh, that's why I believe so heavily in home grow caregiver programs because you can get trustworthy stuff. You know, we've talked about it for a while. That it's not always about THC percentage. But mm -hmm. if you're spending the kind of money you're spending at dispensaries and this isn't a dispensary's fault, we you know, that does a job. Right. But not even just weed that does a job. You want to be you want to make Quality. sure you're in the, the correct safe. numbers mm -hmm. and not being lied to. If you're mm -hmm. if in this state here, you're paying for THC percentage mm. on your taxes. Oh, so that's their incentive for increasing the THC. It's more so on uh, carts, make... though. But still, that's the point. I mean, mm. if they're testing cartridges, too, and they're telling you it's 85 percent, is it really? Now, I'm not blaming the dispensaries mm -hmm. on this one. They're they're getting sold a bill of goods too, and here in Illinois, you pay for that THC percentage, so you're paying a heavy tax on that, and you're paying hundred dollars, hundred ten dollars, hundred twenty dollars for carts for cartridges mm -hmm. because of that THC percentage tax. It's a lot of fucking money, mm -hmm. you know. And if some states are charging for THC percentage all around. You know, you're getting and 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 they're saying that it's thirty five percent or thirty percent, and it's actually really eighteen percent. You're getting fucked. You're getting hosed. Yeah. You know, so you're putting your faith and trust in, in people that that are trying to make money. You know, it's a little bit different. You know, when they're trying to make money the wrong way instead of the right way. So, great article though. International news, Victorian treasurer expresses support for decriminalizing cannabis as senior leaders uh, admit use. Uh, this is from uh, the Victorian treasurer, Tim Pallas, says uh, he supports moving to a health-based response to cannabis, telling reporters I don't think a criminal approach is the best. Uh, good for you. That's a great line right there. Healthy approach to cannabis. Data shows that almost 40% of Victorians have used cannabis at some stage. We encourage our political leaders to reflect on the needs to progress cannabis laws reform in Victoria. That's dope. Let's do it. Canadian province looks to double cannabis store cap to 150. The Ontario government is proposing a number of significant legislative and regulatory changes to its cannabis framework that says it would combat the illegal market. The province plans to make amendments to Ontario Regulation 4618 under the Cannabis License Act 2018 that would effectively increase, increase to 150 the number of stores retailers and their affiliates are allowed to operate. The current limit right now is 75, so they want to double it. Germany, top health officials defend marijuana legalization bill against critics ahead of next week's vote. I heard it might even get pushed a little further, so we'll see. Come on, Germany. You're lagging behind. The biggest importer of weed in the world, and you're still lagging behind. I should tell you something. Rohan Marley, 
Yeah. I love this 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 title. <laughs> he talks the herb, but this title right here is just who gives men the right to say that God's plant is illegal. That's right. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Right there. I've said that. I've said that a lot of times. Yep. Angels in those leaves, baby. <laughs> so um, that were, those were the words of Rohan Marley, and the sentiment underpins the ethos of Lion Order, his own cannabis and CBD lifestyle brand. Rohan uh, elaborates, human beings in general always find ways and means to enhance life. And one day, a man of great wisdom discovered the cannabis plant. When it's consumed, it brings on a more euphoric feeling of love and unity, brotherhood and family. That's why we Rastafarians see cannabis as a sacrament, a plant that was given to us by the Almighty God, just like every other plant. Rowan's bond with cannabis traces back to the rhythmic heartbeats of Jamaica, deeply anchored in the Rastafari culture. As he recounts, growing up in Jamaica meant watching every day the cannabis culture through the Rastafari culture and just Jamaican culture in general. This culture taught him that the herb was a great component to the Rastafari movement. Yet, like many things in youth, the full depth of the plant's potential eluded him. Rowan's early years saw him partaking in rituals, watching the Rastaman smoke, and joining the circle to smoke the chalice. However, he admits, I could not comprehend what I was receiving at that time in regard to the medicinal component. Over time, he began to truly appreciate its medicinal benefits and spiritual essence, understanding cannabis not just as an herb, but as a plant medicine. Much like shamans from South America, he believes in the deep, transformative properties of the plant, bridging those two worlds together. Rowan ventured into the cannabis business world with Lion Order, but his odyssey wasn't solitary. Jan Velour, the leader behind the Velour Group and lead investor in Marley's company, journeyed alongside. If Rowan embodies the brand's spiritual ethos, Jan provides its business foundation, ensuring the core values remain unshaken. For Jan, cannabis has provided both a personal solace and a managerial aid amidst the challenges of steering 14 corporations. I would be a far less effective manager if it were not for cannabis's role in my life, he confesses. Together, Rowan and Jan have sculpted Lion Order with a philosophy that highlights unity and purpose. Marrying spirituality with business is no easy feat, and it doesn't matter what we're doing, it's got to be true to self, Rowan adds emphasizing the authenticity they strive to bring to the brand. Rowan often leans on the Rastafarian concept of I and I when juggling spiritual convictions with commerce. This tenant, which sees the divine in all, suggests that a business can't be a soul's extension. In their eyes, cannabis is elevated beyond a mere commodity. It's a sacred bond. Jan's underlining the need for con- consistent quality ponders. How can it be such a sacrament if brands differ so much in quality and consistency from state to state? Rowan emphasizes his commitment to consistency, sharing the company's rigorous testing practices. When you smoke our King Clem, 
In Michigan, it should feel the same as in California, New York, or Florida. That's not easy to do. Right? Confronted with advocating for cannabis legalization in front of Congress, Rowan leans on spiritual and historical arguments, while Jan offers pragmatic comparisons. Their shared vision is evident when Rowan illuminates the term lion order. More than branding, it's a life philosophy, a commitment to spiritual and societal responsibility. Diving deep into lion's origins, one can feel that it's drenched in Rastafarian principles, underscoring spirituality and community. We're Rastafari. We're a movement, Rowan declares with pride. A significant influence in the legacy of Bob Marley, Rowan's father. However, uh, Rowan's inspiration is drawn less from the celebrity and more from the man, the advocate of love, unity, and peace. It's about love. It's about peace. And it's about existing on this planet as brothers and sisters. He passionately conveys, echoing the ethos of his father. Rowan urges everyone to keep an eye on Lion Order. We are a movement about peace and love, and we aim to set a new standard in the market. So they're not in Illinois yet, but next time we're in Michigan, we'll have to have to take a look some. for it. Yeah. yeah, good for him. It's a legacy right there, yeah. you know. The holiday season, right? Mm-hmm. How do you survive it? Here's some crucial cannabis hacks for surviving this holiday season. Okay. <laughs> have a dedicated supply. Mm. Mm-hmm. Make sure you have enough weed, especially if you're like me and you like to share weed, a lot of it. I come rolling in with mm-hmm. eight joints rolled where I go, you know, now and edibles. So, I mean, or I just bring my uh, briefcase with me. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, double down on storage options. Double down on them. You know, just make sure they're, you know, you go walk into a family's house that might not approve. Make sure you have eight decades jars with you because they're smell proof. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. There you go. Sorry. Just got to plug Mrs. Weedman like crazy. <laughs> she pays me. <laughs> Be discreet, but not too discreet. I think that makes sense. Right. Mm-hmm. Time your high accordingly. You don't want to walk out to get high when they're unwrapping presents. It's kind of rude. You know what I'm saying? Like right after dinner, go for a stroll. Mm-hmm. Maybe before dinner, before, before apps dessert. come out. Before dessert, yeah. Before presents. Oh, while everyone's having dessert. Yeah. Take a walk, go outside, go to your smoke, your safe smoke place where, you know, just people understand. People know. I mean, I've been doing it for a long time. Some people knew and some people didn't. <laughs> uh, pull out some, some throwback toys. Bring some old school games out. And then bring some old school fucking weed out too. Maybe you got your mm-hmm. old fucking bong from when you were in high school tucked away somewhere. You know, you need an old pipe, an old one hitter. Mm-hmm. Bust out some of the fun stuff and then bust out some fun games. We like playing. We're in the backgammon again. Yeah, we are. And uh, we like Uno. Yeah. We like Yahtzee. Always. Dominoes. Yeah. We like uh, the train. Yep. So, uh, you know, so we like having fun. I mean, bust out some fun games. I mean, if you're a gamer too, I mean, if you like to play, uh, uh, what is that one on um, uh, the Switch? What's that one game we play all the time with that you just need your phone? Yeah, I don't know the name of it, but oh, that one's funny. Yeah, it's like was, a trivia. Yeah, it's pretty fun. So, yeah. uh, Jackbox. 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 That's fun too. So, uh, now. Now, I don't know about this. Uh, uh, this one's a good one. Real quick, though. Be smart about where you smoke. We've talked about that. But this one here, I don't know. 
It says here, don't leave anything behind. Now, Mr. Weedman here would always leave something behind if I knew that person was a smoker. I'd oh, yeah. put in a little box or, you know, give them a joint and say, put this in your drawer for when you're ready. You know, just be careful. You know, if you're going to someone's house that doesn't like it or they got kids and stuff, make sure you take all your your, your doobage with you. You know, doobage, your doobage. So, um, but yeah, that's some some holiday some holiday hacks to because it's coming. I mean, it's the fifth <laughs> of December right now, and I know how fast November went. You know, yeah, right? it was like you blinked and it was fucking Thanksgiving. So <laughs> you're gonna blink and it's gonna be Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. So or whatever you celebrate holiday wise in December. There's a lot of holidays in December, isn't there? There's Seems Hanukkah, like there's uh, Christmas, Kwanzaa, Kwanzaa, right? Yeah, there's there's three. There's mm-hmm. a couple more I think in there too. I can't remember them all, and I apologize if I don't remember them all. But there's a bunch of holidays in December, so I mean, no matter what you celebrate, if you're a weed smoker, you're a weed smoker. So just take this as a as a hack for surviving any holiday, <laughs> no matter what you celebrate. So uh, yeah, that was some good weed. I like to thank Sam. For sponsoring Thanks, the Sam. show with his uh with his phenomenal grow. I've got two more strains to smoke uh coming up that you gave me. I appreciate you stopping by the booth twice in, in two days. We got to see you and, and your son Danny. It was great. So thank you so much, Sam. And uh forgot sorry, I forgot the gremlins. Won't forget it again. So Miss Weedman, that's the end of the show. Yeah, Mr. Weedman. Got anything else to say? Uh we will have some fun stories after this weekend, I'm sure. Always. And uh, if anyone's going to be in the city, stop by the events that we're going to be at. We'd love to see you. Yeah, I'll have some joints. I don't know. Am I, am I able to bring my briefcase with me to the Saturday one? Probably know. not. Yeah, probably not. I'll bring it anyway and leave it in the car. <laughs> Just in case. <laughs> Everybody out there in the world, we love you. Be kind to one another. Give each other a hug. Man, just be nice. Love one another. Got too much pain and suffering going on in this world right now, and I, I just dislike seeing it every day. I love you all out there. As Paulie always says, smoke smart, puff puffing away. Puff, puff, pass. Check out our cannabis lifestyle brand online at 8decades.com. Our custom smokes and accessories are perfect for your coffee table, bedroom nightstand, or kitchen counter. They're designed for you to show them off. The Canna community is also loving our hemp and cotton blend t-shirts, sweatshirts, scarves, and hats finished off with our 8 Decades logo. We've got some awesome long-lasting goods that will be your favorite for years to come. 8 Decades, because a ninth decade of cannabis prohibition isn't acceptable.